everybody. Welcome to Friendsgiving. It is our annual event here at the Lipedema Patient Roundtable. And boy, do we appreciate you, our friends. You know, the word friends takes on a different meaning right now, doesn't it? I think we're all so saddened by the loss of Matthew Perry. And they actually, as a TV show, became our friends, like an extended part of our families. And, and losing him, you know, just was really sad this last month. I hope all of you had a great month. We have so much to cover. We know that Pale Ginger Pear will be here shortly, and boy, does she have a lot of news for us. As you're logging on, let us know you are here. Amanda Hathaway is here already from Arizona. Uh, friends, let us know you're here. You are our friends. This is about Friendsgiving and all of us being together. And I'm going to ask everybody to just give one word of what they're thinking about tonight. What's on, if you could have one word to say what your night feels like already. Jenny, what would your one word be? One word. One word. Um, my one word would be hope. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Patty, what's your one word? Sparkle. Okay, I'm going to try and get some sparkle going on here. Whoop, whoop. We'll get to what the timing. This is supposed to be a spark. There it is. Sparkler, sparkler, sparkler. Let's not have a live fire here on camera, but you know, Linda, Ann, what's your one word? My one word is excitement. Excitement. Because I love it. So I love it. Oh, so some of our friends are putting in here puffy and mm -hmm. merry and hopeful. It sounds like the new dwarfs. Puffy, <laughs> merry, hopeful. Lippy, mm -hmm. butterfly. What's your word for the night? It would be gratitude. I am super thankful tonight. Uh, ooh, ooh, wait, we want to delve into that and know exactly why you're grateful. Susie, what's your word? Um, I think friendship and the value of friends, real friends. Real friends. It's so true. Yeah. Jen Sefton, we love you out there. You said community. We love, love, love it. There's so many wonderful people. I love seeing your names every month. April Sluter, thank you for joining us tonight. She is our special guest. And we said we were going to start out with one word that describes how we're feeling tonight. Susan O'Hara says, listening. And Susan, we're listening to you too. You're doing amazing things in the lipedema world. And we love and appreciate you. April, can you think of one word that pops to mind right now? Oh, I can totally think of a word. Um, scattered scattered okay. is my word cool. uh, that is that completely explains my whole world right now <laughs> we appreciate candor and so we're going to give you a little space to settle in as we get started and then but speaking of which i did want to mention this and hopefully i'm not going to end up burning anything here um all of you are so busy you're working full-time jobs and rushing to get here and we appreciate that you make the effort to be here and to log on for every one of our people in chat and for every one of our panelists. I know you were like holding down the whole country today, Kara, in your job and you raced <laughs> to get here and we're so glad. What's your one word that you're thinking of? Exhausted. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well then you take mm -hmm. a deep breath, everybody. Deep breath. And before I end up burning my fingers, Patty, why don't you tell us why? And let's all show our sparkles as much as we can. This is as sparkly as I get. 
<laughs> why are we even doing this sparkly thing? So one of my friends is Nikki Gregory, and she is the founder of Lipedema Friends International Group. She does amazing awareness spreading overseas, and she came up with this idea of glitter for lipedema. And in the UK, they spell it lipoedema. So we're doing two separate hashtags. It's December 18th is the date. She wants it to become an annual international event just to spread awareness and sparkle and shine. And we'll have more information coming, but we put those hashtags in the chat right at the top. And yeah, I thought it was a wonderful idea. And I said I would help spread awareness as much as I could. So sparkle. Sparkle, baby. This is supposed to be shooting sparkles and it's really- It's a dud. <laughs> but I love it. And you made a great point. This is midway through when we have Lipedema Awareness Month in June. So keeping awareness going, keeping it on everybody's radar screen. Yeah. All right, everybody, let's make a wish. Even you in the audience, let's make a wish <laughs> and blow it up together. One, two, three. Ah, all right. You can't tell anybody, but the wish is going to come true. I just feel it. I just know it. So Casey Grovenor says glitter is her favorite color. So this will be absolutely. And we love your sparkle, Casey. We appreciate you so much. Oh my gosh. It, it, we, we, it's one of those ones that comes back. That means we all get another <laughs> wish. Okay. One, two, three. Okay, it's not happening. I'm going to have to excuse myself, but I want PGP. Where is she? Where did she go? You know, you don't call on PGP when she disappears from the screen. It's really not a good move. You all know, unless you've been hiding under a rock, that she made Us Magazine with Dr. Jamie Schwartz and, I mean, giving lipedema. Talk about awareness. Talk about raising the platform talk about the fact that my fingers are needing to go to the sink to put this out so we're going to come back to pg there she is here she comes she does i nope. see nothing i see nothing and it, there she we just mentioned us magazine and you disappeared so kara tell us all about that amazing experience how it started and the excitement of it having been published um, yeah, so I don't know what my MacBook is doing. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, Dr. Jamie's new PR team reached out to me and we did a like kind of get to know you interview with them so that they were like, you know, knowing kind of like my story. They knew somewhat from like looking at his past stuff, but they wanted to hear from me and what all I was doing and everything. So um, I had like a 45 minute to like an hour kind of chat with um, the one girl. And then I had like another 45 minute chat with like two others. And so we kind of like talked over some stuff and the one sent me a message and was like, hey, I am pitching this article to like Us Weekly. And I was like, okay. And she was like, this is what I like kind of wrote up. What do you think? And she like sent it over to me and I was like, this is really good. And my concern was because like we had talked over a lot of stuff and we talked about some of the stuff that's like in my book and everything coming. So I didn't want her to like 
shared too much that like so I was like yeah let me read it before you know my publisher kills me um but it was like just enough that I was like okay we're good <laughs> and so she sent it over to her contact at Us Weekly and then like it had been like a week or two and I like hadn't really thought much of it because work has been chaos and I like sent her a message I was like hey do you have any idea of like when this is going to post or whatever and she was like yeah let me find out and then like literally like an hour later she was like they just were launching it here's the link and so I knew on Friday but I wasn't allowed to say anything because TLC had it planned to launch on Monday because they had just posted another article like on their social media feed so like they were like so I had to wait all weekend to like not say anything <laughs> that had to be the hardest part I was just hoping that no one stumbled across it and like posted it before I could because like I didn't want like that moment to like be like I wanted to post it <laughs> so oh, I was just like hoping all weekend that like nobody happened to come across it but mm -hmm. Yeah, well, so. we appreciate you once again, <laughs> putting yourself out there because it is about awareness and the more people that know, in fact, I am on next door, you know, that app where everybody talks about the neighborhood and what's going on. And someone had posted recently, you know, I'm so mad at my husband because he just decides he wants to lose 10 pounds and boom. And I diet and exercise like crazy and nothing happens. And everybody was weighing in. I'm like, you know, there's this condition called, and you just, it's little things like that, connecting the dots. My friend Nita Cluis always talks about connecting the dots. Yeah. And each one of us in our own way are helping to connect those dots. And all of you wonderful chatters who we love. You know, we always are privileged to have Linda Ann Kahn with us, who is a medical expert and always brings new information to us. And I know that pain is something that all of you who have lipedema deal with regularly. Linda Ann, you've just recently done a paper about this very topic. Why don't you share what you're learning with all of us? So we, we don't really know where the pain is coming from. That's to be studied and that's coming further. But what I was writing a paper on pain and essential oils and lipedema. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a clinical aromatherapist as well as a lymphedema therapist. I have a special interest in pain. Um, and the oils have to be used correctly. I'm actually on a research committee and we're actually updating our safety regulations of our association. They must always be diluted with a carrier oil like coconut oil or moringa oil or hazelnut oil, just different oils. But the oils, with, with lipedema, we know there's pain. We know there's inflammation and the inflammation then becomes fibrosis. So we have to help to calm down the inflammation. We don't have studies of essential oils for lipedema, but we have a lot of research on aromatherapy for pain and aromatherapy for inflammation. And so the oils that are high in an ingredient, chemical ingredient called caryophylline, which actually CBD oils have as well, are very, very anti-inflammatory. So capaba, if any of you know, the capaba is really wonderful for that. And then helichrysum is also very high in the 
in the caryophyllenes. It's very, very anti-inflammatory. And then if you can combine it with carrier oils like arnica or calendula, or my favorite is moringa or marula oil, you can really get a fantastic you know, blend. But then there are oils that are for pain. Um, I found a wonderful research study on bergamot and that the essential oil of bergamot helps nociceptive pain. And it also is a very balancing oil for the emotions and calms. So if we can do both at the same time, because there's an emotional aspect, as we all know, to lipedema. So there's an emotional pain. So we can work with that as well. And then, of course, when you're in pain, you can get depressed. And so there's clary sage or there's neroli. And I could go on longer and longer and longer, but that's the, the, the basis of it. Um, another oil that I love, love, love that's good for pain as well is angelica, archangelica, because it's very good for the lymphatic system, but it also helps to raise the spirits. So I just completed a chapter for a book that's going to be written on lipedema in Italy. And I think some of you also wrote chapters. I wrote there, there are three articles that I did. And this was one she asked me to write about um, the head of lipedema Italia on aromatherapy and pain for lipedema. So it's very exciting. I think whatever tools we can have in our toolbox to help cope and manage and you know, surprisingly, some people might poo-poo this aromatherapy aspect. And I personally, you know, when I got in my accident, I had bruises all over me. Linda Ann made a concoction. And next thing you know, you wouldn't even have known. So if someone wanted to run out and get bergamot or angelica, kids don't try this at home or can they try it at home and dilute yeah. it? What's the protocol? Well, it, what's very important, I can't stress that enough not to put it neat on the skin. I also, I just wrote another article for an aromatherapy journal on safety aspects of essential oils. And I showed pictures of what can happen when you put undiluted hot oils or even other oils on the skin. So the protocol is on an average for an adult who's not ill, not going through chemotherapy, not elderly, on an average, you will use 10 to 15 drops of an essential oil blend in your carry oil, and you can put those on topically. That's excellent. Thanks for that advice. And go ahead, Patty. I've been kind of experimenting with a couple things uh, regarding pain. One is castor oil, which seems to be everywhere these days, and then capsaicin cream, like the red pepper lotion I have. And that's kind of interesting, that one. I can feel it traveling up my leg. I'll put it on my knee and I can kind of just feel it moving with the flow of, you know, the lymphatics and the you know, the blood supply and everything. And you can just feel it moving. It's it's really kind of wild. It's what we call ruby facent. It's really warming and it increases the microcirculation. But you do have to dilute it because it can be really strong. Um, so yeah. Capsicum, yeah. And yeah, several, that came in a lotion. So it was within okay. other stuff. Already, yeah. Okay. Uh, people talking about castor oil in chat and Kira Seculo. Thank you for being here, Kira. She just wanted to clarify 10 to 15 drops into how much carrier oil? Half an ounce. Half an 15, ounce. 15 mils. 15, half an ounce is approximately 15 mils 
of a Perfect. carrier. Thank you. The carrier, or there could be many of them. Fractionated coconut oil is the easiest. It doesn't go rancid. But when I'm making blends for bruises or post-surgery or other things like that, I specifically choose the carrier oils that I'm going to use to have therapeutic properties in addition to the essential oils. But for aromas, for, for lipedema, this is just fabulous. I'm still trying to find an oil that will help with the lipomas, but I haven't mm. done that yet. So, Well, we if anybody can do it, it will be you, Linda Ann Kahn, because we know you're all over it. Now, we've been preparing for tonight, and we have a few topics on our minds. Lippy Butterfly, for instance, was saying the frustration she's having finding a dentist. Libby, why don't you share that with us? What an odd moment to have this conversation because I am in excruciating pain right this moment. <laughs> really? I have I'm, had... <laughs> I'm hoping that it will die down in the next couple of moments. I have already taken my maximum amount of uh, medicine at this time and I've already used Orogel. So We'll see what's going to happen. I'm hoping that uh, some vanilla extract will help a little bit later as well. Um, but with that being said, um, I have a hole in my tooth and I have had a really big fear of dental chairs for a long time. And it's odd because when I talk about this with other people, they don't seem to understand that once you tilt a heavy body at a non-vertical axis, you are going to get some gravity, levity there. But if you actually take a moment to look it up on Reddit, it's an actual issue that happens. And it's something that I've been kind of apprehensive with, with dentists since I was in my teens. Now, when I was younger and I was a little bit more mobile and agile and I could jump up out of a chair, I didn't worry so much about it. But at this point in life, I'm at the point where I need to know that your dental chair is going to hold my body weight at all of the levels and that your uh, physicians and things will be able to work with me and understand that this is an issue. A lot of dental chairs, I don't know, um, a lot of us are wide hip. So let's just be honest. A lot of dental chairs are specifically narrower so that dentists can access the patients more readily. So the dental chair width has also been an issue and not being able to put the arm rest down is a safety hazard in dental chairs as well. Well, in looking for um, a dentist near me that I could go to now that I'm in excruciating mouth nerve pain, um, I have found that the maximum weight limit of most dental chairs in my area, at least, is 300 pounds. And even at that, a lot of times, um, the practices that I have called, when I have asked did they have a bariatric chair, I have been in tears over this past week at how many people I have had to explain what the word bariatric means. And... I get that not everybody has to know everything, but if you have never had to explain that your weight is a hazard for yourself, people around you, and their equipment, it is hard. Um, yeah. This has been a gut-wrenching, 
I'm saying a week because I've only actually been able to emotionally tackle it this past week. Up until then, I have been emotionally avoiding it because I knew that I was going to come across a brick wall. Um, but as you guys know, I don't like to stay in a down state. So I will tell you this, what I have learned is a few medical practices, possibly near you, maybe if you're in New York and other places, but most likely where larger, larger dental institutions are, actually offer a bariatric chair that goes up to a thousand pounds and a lot larger. Um, but you have to let your, you have to talk to the dentist above hand, above time. Um, I don't think that it is wise if you are above 300 pounds to just walk into your dental practice, because I feel like number one, it's a safety hazard for you. Number two, you are setting yourself up for some emotional damage, you know, yeah. um, and especially for those of us that have some wider hips some bigger thighs and things like that, some things that make it challenging in other seats. Um, it's worth doing the research. It's worth uh, even fighting back the tears in those phone conversations to tell people what your issues are, what you're up against and finding what actually works for you. So I do have an appointment. It's not until January, but thank God that somebody in my area has a dental chair. Angelique, what I'm seeing in chat and from all of our faces, I hope you feel our support and love and appreciation for your candor that's not easy. First of all, you're in pain. And then to have to deal with the emotional stress of finding a seat where you can get the treatment that you need. Thank you for raising this issue. And more than that, it makes me wonder, do we need to reach out to the American Dental Association um, and some sort of advocacy? I know that there are different lipedema advocacy groups. This is a very real issue. And does anybody else on the panel want to speak to this or have you had similar situations? Jenny. I, I am fortunate to have um, a dentist that's very supportive of me. So that's good because I have crappy teeth. I have over a dozen crowns. Angelique, I have been in pain a lot from teeth. And the best thing I learned from a hygienist was if you aren't can't get to the dentist and you've got a hole in your in your mouth, to use braces wax. You know how kids have braces and they have braces wax. You can get it on Amazon and you know, pop it in there. And yeah, sometimes you may accidentally swallow the little thing, but it really helps. Because part of the problem with the pain is that it's the air is touching the nerves. So try covering um, it in braces wax designed for your mouth, designed to be there. Give that a go. I keep some in my purse all the time now because I never know when I'm going to break a tooth. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And maybe even go to a hospital to get dental care in a hospital setting if you can't make it to the appointment, for goodness sakes. Thank you for sharing that. People were also I will saying, say, go ahead. One of the things I am, um, every day I'm looking out for signs of infection. I know that the hospital will not see me unless they um, feel like there's a permit, uh, uh, 
uh, infection that's imminent, you know, at that time. So I am looking out for signs of infection. Um, I will say that to, to anybody, especially watching, if you're dealing with any mouth issues, don't just rest in them because those infections, they can get into your bloodstream. And as you know, we as ladies that have a compromised lymphatic system, those infections, they can get trapped in different places. They can make us really sick. They can turn into cellulitis, which is one of the worst, I feel like, issues that we can come up against in this uh, condition. So don't let infections fester. If you have an issue, make sure that you're maintaining, you know, proper care. Yeah, thank you. Go ahead, Linda Ann. We want to hear from you. Oh. And I want to say before we go to you, people are talking about the fact that lymphatic issues can compound dental and face pain. And that is something that we know. But if you have any thoughts on this, Linda Ann, we sure want to hear them. Well, I just wanted to say that essential oil, I saw it in the chat here too, but essential oil of clove numbs the area. It's also antiseptic, antibacterial. So if you can get some of that, the dentists actually use clove oil. We used to sell it in our pharmacy in South Africa. So that will help with the numbness. When I travel, I always take clove with me in case there'll be dental issues that can keep you advised. That will help you. And we want to see you get an appointment before January. Absolutely. We're all sending that energy. Go ahead, Patty. Yeah, I was going to say those phone calls can be really traumatic. And I've started taking to emailing people, emailing the office, and I'll include the lipidema brochure if I'm talking about my situation and just so they can have an idea of what's going on and mm -hmm. in that manner. I think email is just easier for me than emotionally being on the phone. Yeah, good point. Nobody likes to go to the dentist anyhow. You don't need this extra stress associated with it. Absolutely. Anything more before we move on to the next topic? So Lori in Lori Heinzen just found out that both of her knees are at the point of knee replacements. Um, so she's concerned about her lipedema advancing because of surgery. Any tips to be the most prepared and have the best outcome lessen lipedema effects of surgery and post-surgery? So this is a big question, but it's sort of like a domino effect. We, you got to get the knees taken care of, but then what happens to my lipedema? Does anybody have thoughts on this? Now, remember, we're not dispensing medical advice, but for instance, several of the people on our panel have experienced surgeries for the lipedema itself, but any advice from a medical perspective about a surgery for the knees? Linda Ann, can we lean on you for this? Well, I would absolutely say that after, you have to have the surgery, you have to have it. But then you treat the lipedema, and it's very important to schedule manual lymph drainage sessions after the surgery. We work with a lot of knee surgeries, um, post-surgery, twice a week, doing MLD. I use aromatherapy too, but that will really, really help. So that's very important to schedule that. But you can't yeah, and do knee surgery when you're not walking properly and you're in pain because of the lipedema. You have to look at the benefit, risk versus benefit. So, mm. yeah. You know, and I always find a way to wedge this message in, but it's so true that many people who have had knee surgery 
find great help with their lymph press. And then of course we know it's indicated for lipedema. So Lori, I don't know who you're working with with regard to pneumatic compression, but hand in hand, we love working with therapists who do manual lymph drainage, and then you can maintain progress that you've achieved with them at home with pneumatic compression, uh, because you're right. I remember the first interview I did with Patty Cornute. She's like, look, we just don't want it to get worse. We want to get better, but we'll do anything for it not to get worse. So we hear you and we, we listen to where you're coming from with that. We totally want you to help uh, yourself. And Susan O'Hara did put in chat that there is an article about lipedema and knee replacement from our friend, Dr. Thomas Wright. Uh, so you may want to refer to that, Lori, in the chat as well. Go ahead, Jenny. I uh, know I'm muted. Uh, I have not had knee surgery, but two years ago, I did have to have a, a hysterectomy. And one of the things in the process of um, meeting with the surgeon was I talked about my lipolymphedema. And I expressed my concerns that I had that I'd heard from other people with lymphedema and lipedema that they had seen a progression of the disease after the surgery. And, um, you know, so we talked about my lymph nodes that were particularly in that area and had good dialogue about it. And the interest, and I said, you know, do what you need to do. This is a necessary surgery I was having. There had been abnormal cells that needed to be dealt with. And, um, so I gave her the authorization to do what she needed to do. And during the surgery, everything was contained with inside the uterus. So she's, when I woke up, she was there and she said, I did not take any lymph nodes for testing because I knew you'd kill me. And I think, you know, working with the doctors and letting them know your concerns and fears so that they may be more attentive to the lymph nodes that they're working on and around and in during the surgery, I think is also kind of helpful. And after the surgery, just as Linda Ann expressed, I asked for um, a referral and a script to get some MLD. And we did it under the fact of going for physical therapy uh, for swelling. There was a little swelling, but it was surgically related, not related because lymph nodes were taken and we were able to put it under control, you know? So that would be my, you know, be, be upfront and be upfront with the anesthesiologist because I was flabbergasted when I mentioned it to him the morning of the surgery, he knew what lipedema was. He knew what lymphedema was mm. and it made him more attentive to the anesthesia part of the surgery because of some of the comorbidities we often have like uh, mast cell disorders and Ehlers-Danlos can impact the anesthesia. So speak it up because that, that seems to make a difference. Thank you for sharing that. You know, these emotional landmines are so real. In fact, Patty, you did a live on that recently, the emotional landmines about surgery. Ruth Smith is out there. Ruth, we appreciate you joining us tonight. And she said something in chat that just stopped me in my tracks. Even things as routine as ambulance transport are emotional landmines. She's needed to have the fire department come with the EMT people to get her from the floor to the gurney and down to and into the ambulance. So it's become even aversive for her to call 911 when she needs help. And that is definitely a dilemma. Another person said, I need knee replacement. I can't get it because of my size. Oh my goodness. Go ahead, Angelique. And then, and then pale ginger pear. 
I'm sorry that the last one really struck me because when I was in Tucson, um, I needed a DNC and they were telling me I needed a DNC, but I could not get one because of my size. And for certain, where there is a will, there is a way. Like you, you literally have to have a team. And this is something that I'm talking with with women that are in my church now. Um, if that team is not willing to work with you, then you don't really trust that team with your life in their hands. You need the team that says we will push two chairs, we'll push two beds together. We will drop out the center if we need to. We will have an extra team in. Um, it was embarrassing, yes, but I felt completely welcomed when I they were pushing me down the hall in the gurney and there was a whole hallway of people there to make sure that I didn't die on that table and to make sure that my body could safely get transferred from one table to another table. Yeah. It does not feel good. But if we want to live, we have to overcome those obstacles. We can't get stuck there. And we also cannot be stuck in somebody else's interpretation of what good health is for us. Because if we need a surgery, then that is our good health. And somebody will help you. You cannot be stuck in somebody else's mentality of you. There is a way if they have to put five beds together, if they have to call out, the, I've had to have, I fell before, before uh, I had help and even before I had uh, walkers and wheelchairs and things like that, I've had to have the fire department come out. You don't stay on the ground because you need things that other people don't require. You have, there's no way to even get to the point where you can get yourself off the ground if you don't accept the fact that you have to call somebody for a little while. Yes, honey. So yes. It'll be okay. Call the people, require the things, get the things that you need. Because you're worth it. You You're are worth it. it. You are worth it. There is no shame in what you need to take care of you and asking for it. And it, regardless of your size, because it, a lot of it is what's happening here in our heads too, you know? Thank you, Angelique. Pale Ginger Pear, what did you want to add to this? Yeah, just, um, so mine goes along with, you know, you as embarrassing as something might sound coming out of your mouth, I can guarantee you the medical field has heard a thousand times worse. And also, if you hide something, that literally could be a death sentence. So it is better to take the couple minutes of embarrassment and be alive than your family and your friends have to live with like not having you around and also be vocal with your care team your doctor whoever about what your outcome and your desires for something are um one of my only ever other good doctor's experiences was when I was pregnant and I was going in for a planned C-section because they were concerned about my size and going into labor and having to do an emergency C-section. So they're like, can we schedule it? I said, fine, whatever, if, you know, and 
I'm on the table thing to do the spinal epidural thing. And he's yelling, it's not yelling, but it felt like he was yelling for me to like hunch over more. And I'm like, I've got thighs and a solid pregnant belly that doesn't give. There's no more room to hunch over. And the nurse thought she was being nice, trying to distract me. And she was like, is your mother waiting out there for you? But my mom had just passed in April. This was August. So I start bawling. My OBGYN comes running around the table. And he's like, her mom just died. Get out of the way. And he's like, do you trust me? And I'm like, well, you're about to cut me open. So I would hope so. And he's like, cross your arms. And he grabbed my shoulders and he pulled me. So I was hanging off the table so that he they could get the spinal in because he knew that I wanted to be awake to like hear Riley's first cry because like with all the complications and the stuff with my mom like I wanted that moment and so like for him to like grab me and like because that could have been a huge risk for him and a liability to like have me hanging over a table but he knew that that was like a desired outcome for me and if I hadn't been vocal they could have easily just said like we know we need to have you asleep for this and I could have missed out on hearing him tell me your son looks just like you you were all wrong <laughs> because we all thought he'd be this dark little Puerto Rican baby and he's not <laughs> but like he's be another vocal pale, he's be another vocal. pale ginger he was he was a ginger for a while now he's like darker Puerto Rican but yeah but yeah be sharing. vocal about what you want and what your outcome and the pace you want to go at yeah. And like, make them work for you. Now, of course, there's going to be things where they have to say, like, we have to do it a little bit different, but you can work together to get as close to the outcome as you want versus being quiet and then being miserable about the whole experience. Yeah. Again, you're worth it. Don't talk <laughs> yourself out of advocating for yourself. And you've got a community not just this one, but so many. I think of all the people here and April, we're so honored to have you at the round table. I hope that you have settled in a little bit now. And, you know, the journey, everything is easier when it's shared. And so that's what the point of this round table sponsored by Lympha Press is all about. And so many other groups like Patty Cornutes and April Sluter's The Lipedema Journey and Your Advocacy, Pale Ginger Pear and Susie, Angelique, Jenny, Linda Ann, you all give so much. And then so many rock stars in our chat right now. Thank you for giving. I know that April, you have a new initiative that you wanted to share with the group to help build that community. Yes. And before I do that, I just wanted to, um, first of all, yeah, I'm settled down, but you all made me start crying. So um, hello. And second of all, I specifically stopped and bought something today um, to honor Kara. And it's this. <laughs> hey, let us in on that. <laughs> So I had posted in my stories Monday night, I think it was, or Monday, that 
a follower of mine from the UK had sent me a box of these cookies that were Twix and clearly labeled gluten-free that the US does not sell. And I haven't had a Twix in 15 years since I've gone gluten-free. And so I saw these cookies online and I jokingly had posted in my stories, if anybody in the UK that follows me wants to send me a box, here's my PO box. I'll even pay for them. Just, I need them. Well, she sent, someone sent them to me. And so I posted about it in my stories as a thank you and that I was excited. And I got so many messages about how, well, cookies still are good for you, da, 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 even because it's gluten-free. And I wanted to be like, you don't fucking think I know that? Like somebody who has had food and health issues her whole entire life and has gone through seven surgeries in three years, like I know. And I know food more than a ton of people because I don't like most food. Like, so for me to even find something I like is a struggle. And so it was like, just let me have a cookie. <laughs> so I normally don't respond to stuff like that. But when there was like 20, 30, 40 messages coming in, the redheaded temper kicked in. It's almost that time of the month, which is probably why I wanted a cookie even more. <laughs> and... <laughs> I went into my stories with a little rant of like fat people are allowed treats. <laughs> like I'm allowed a cookie if I want a cookie. I wasn't going to sit and eat like the 30 that she sent me. But if I wanted a cookie, I can have a cookie. Like it's not going to derail everything I've done in the last three years. Which goes back to the whole fat shaming thing that Jen was talking about in chat too. It's like, why do people feel that they have a right to judge what you do but but first of all so perfect response Kara absolutely <laughs> and love now that we got the whole story we understand the Twix I can't believe how the time is going tonight so tell us about your initiative April. I'm gonna What's be really on? fast but I just had to oh, say that fine. because I was so hot about that I almost made a reel and I was like you got to calm down so just wait before you do that anyway um, so yeah, I am in a place right now where I, I really want to do more, more in terms of educating the people that are there that are supposed to be taking care of us and the people that are doing the research. And, you know, um, I happened upon to meet, uh, um, someone who works for this organization called trend it's trend.community. I'm she went to the same college as me and we got connected on LinkedIn because LinkedIn said, Hey, I went to the same college. And I was like, Ooh, and I asked her what she does. And we met. And, um, so they are an organization that was started by a couple that had a child with Prater Willie syndrome. Um, I won't go into all of that rare, um, condition. And they realized when they started joining communities to get help with dealing what they were going through, wow, there's so much gold. There is so much information being shared within these communities that how can we figure out a way to get to pull this information from these communities and share it with these people that are supposed to be taking care of us, these um, you know, medical teams and the researchers, the scientists. And so um, what they do is they they partner with um, 
um, communities, rare diseases, not all rare diseases, obviously we're not a rare disease, but um, what they do is they partner with communities and they um, um, are able to extract information. So the, the conversations, they monitor the conversations and the questions and the comments and the things that are being discussed. And just real quickly, because I know we're short on time, what they do is they're able to generate reports. They have been able to affect um, diagnoses. They have been able to meet one-on-one -on -one with the FDA and affect medications and treatments for conditions. Um, they realized based on conversations in the Prater-Willie um, communities that a lot of people were talking about how their children were tired all the time and falling asleep all the time. We'll come to find out um, narcolepsy is a, a big um, comorbidity, comorbidity. And now uh, because of them identifying these conversations, it is something that um, is being looked at in diagnoses of this condition. And so uh, in meeting with her, um, you know, she was very interested in um, doing this for the lipedema community and for my um, for my group. And I I took some time to think about it. I met with them. We talked about because one of the questions is privacy. And um, so they are very, very big on privacy. It's very important to them. Um, anonymity. They do not call. Obviously, they're going to have access to names and communities. Um, that is not what they want. So they they have a whole um, tech thing that I'm not good with tech, um, but it pulls the data. It separates the um, the uh, names from data, and then it aggregates the data. So it identifies conversations. It identifies trends. Um, this time of year, a lot of people were talking about this. This time of year, I mean, there's so many different uh, reports that they, they come up with through this information. I have a, a dashboard that I can go in and look at, excuse me, look at when data starts coming in um, just to kind of see trends as well. Um, I, uh, I feel comfortable with them. They require that you post in your community. You let people know what you're doing. They um, talk about the importance of transparency. Um, what I'm doing in my community is I've got a pinned post in there. I've announced it in there. I've you know asked for feedback questions. And now I've changed one of my questions when people ask to come into the, the group. Um, um, having them to agree to read that pen post and I do not let them in if they don't. I don't have to do that, but I, you know, this is important for me. Now, I understand it wouldn't be something that everyone's comfortable with, but I want it, I want to remind people that although we are in private communities, nothing that we put out there is really, really private. And so you always want to be mindful of what you are putting out onto the internet universe because anyone could come in you know I try to be very careful about who I let in my group but you know people get in fake profiles sometimes they can go in and look through everything and pull out information so you always have to be careful um I feel that this is an opportunity you know we we ask each other all the time hey does anybody else experience this you know this is an opportunity to potentially identify some things that might be helpful in the future. I don't know, you know, um, but um, yeah, so that's what, that's what we're doing. I'm going to be talking about it more in my group, but I, I don't want to waste any more time. No, you're not wasting time. We invited you just because we wanted to present this 
Jenny, did you want to add anything to this? Because I know you've been following this conversation. Well, it, it's interesting. There was an experience I had today. Today was a really busy day, and I never should have gone looking at Facebook groups this morning, but I did. And in <laughs> groups, you how know, many of us are guilty of the same thing? It's like, oh no, I ended up in the big black hole. There, of there are there are really good Facebook groups out there for us with lipedema that that are. are pretty straightforward and and stick to the subject. There are other groups that are a little more loosey-goosey and people put posts out there in ways that aren't vetted well and the information gets misinterpreted. And, and there was a woman today who was a, recounting an experience she had in her fears. And it, you know, and I posted about my experience. It had to do with surgery and that, you know, I had a, it was positive. My lipedema did not progress. And somebody re responded to my comment and said, and I couldn't believe this. She said, well, if you have lipedema, you can't have a hysterectomy. Doctors don't want you to have it. My surgeon told me that. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, you need the surgery. And, and so I said, it was life and death for me. If I didn't have the surgery, I, you know, this cancer would have progressed and I wouldn't necessarily survive it. Um, but it, it reminded me so much that out in the, the world here, that people talk not from their own experiences, they generalize and make statements that then are interpreted by others as medical fact. And the misinformation that comes up so quickly and how rapidly it can happen and spread, it just was a reminder today, it kind of took my breath away. And I really took the time to make a long post back about, you know, got to talk with your doctor. There may be a reason this person really needs a surgery and shouldn't be counseled to not have it. That's not our job. You know, um, it was just, it, it was very disturbing to me. So to see that there's a group that like April is working with to kind of extrapolate factual things and some of the things that happen out there is great. But I think we work really hard, I know within this core, to make sure that the information that's getting out there is authentic and not a lot of misinformation because it, it happens so quickly uh, in social media. So it just- Well, I was, and you know, that just makes me think, potentially this could be a way of identifying uh, misinformation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If people yep. are, are are talking and providing information or having discussions around things that they, you know, are able to pull out and, they, and then they dig deeper into that and they think, well, mm -hmm. wait, you know, that's mm -hmm. actually not true. Right. Then there needs to be some education around that. So it mm -hmm. provides an opportunity to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we have to keep our minds open about the ways in which we can learn and the ways in which we can help, because all you have to do is honestly come into these communities and just talk about your experiences and comment and talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And you are actually, it's the, it's the journey. It's the, mm -hmm. it's the, it's the journey that we're all on and we learn from each other that way. Yep, absolutely. We do. And, and, and I think it's just the reminder that nor is there just one way to treat any disorder or illness. You know, there are different facets and different things for everyone. And there's more than one way to approach anything. And there's not just one treatment for any uh, illness or diagnosis that's out there. And yet I think people are so wanting to get rid of all the, the negativity and the mental health issues and the fat shaming and everything that goes along with this. 
and they want it, they want that instant solution and they want it to just go away. And they don't want to take the time to really figure out what's right for them. You know? Well said, Jenny. And I want to go to you, Patty, and then Angelique. I want to mention that Angela Grace said it so beautifully in chat. Mm -hmm. The thing is we share a common disease like mm -hmm. lipedema, but each of our situations are unique and that must be respected. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Patty. What were you going to add? Yeah, I was going to say, first and foremost, we're all just human bodies. We all have normal things outside of lipedema happening mm -hmm. that don't just get turned off because you have lipedema. Lipedema is a disease. It affects our bodies, but there's so many other things that could be going on as well. So mm -hmm. I always try to look at it from, I am a human body and outside of lipedema, what else could be going on with me? Yep. Mm, so true. Angelique. I'm sorry. I just had a question for April. How, if you know, how are these communities vetted um, as to whether or not they're going to extrapolate information from that community or not? I am feeling like our community is overwhelmed with uh, what I, in my own head, think of as cosmetic lipedema. Um, these ladies who um, just feel like they are not able to get rid of their thighs, but it doesn't seem to be the exact same thing that of what we're talking about. Like I'm, I feel like there are certain uh, cosmetic surgeons out there that are marketing lipedema as a form of weight loss surgery. So how do we? How uh, is trend extrapolating or? eliminating those cosmetic communities from the actual medical communities? Um, well, you know, I would, I would have to dig into that with them, but I would say that, um, you know, even, even those people who have, you know, what you would call the cosmetic, who don't have the, you know, even if they do have lipedema and don't have the, you know, aren't advanced and are really, looking to, you know, change the, their appearance because they don't like it. Um, you know, those are, you know, what I find when you talk to some of them, they still have some symptoms that they don't realize are lipedema related. And so I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, I'm thinking I, of along the line of I'm fearing the trending, the trending, um, uh, part being that they're not pretty they're mm. they're not mm -hmm. nice to look at as yeah. opposed to they're debilitating my mobility they yeah. are causing me excruciating pain I am experiencing fibrosis like right. actual real things from what I'm the, the reason why I called it cosmetic is what I'm seeing a lot of my ugly thighs uh, I was yeah. past my ugly thighs at 12 years old I really want to deal with the medical part of this. Right. And, and I think that what I have looked through one of their reports and, and what they, they're very detailed and, and, and part of it is they extrapolate and they identify um, discussions that are happening. The, the things the words, the terms, the, the questions that are being asked the most, but then they do dig into it deeper 
and they um, look for unmet needs. So they look for, you know, where people are struggling the most. Now that potentially, depending on the community that they're in, right? So they're just in my community and there's not those type of discussions happening in my my community for the most part, um, if ever. Um, but but um, depending on the community that, that they were in, potentially they would identify that as one of the trending topics, right? But then they would also have other discussions that are also happening. Um, so it really would just, it would really just depend um, in the community that they're in. And um, they do have a process for really kind of digging into and learning more about you, what your community is about and um, determining, you know, how they, how, what they do can be helpful. So um, yeah, I think that's a really good question though. And yeah, um, I, I think I will take that back to them and talk to them about, about, because there's a lot of drama that can happen in communities, right? So. Oh, absolutely. And I love the fact that many of the leaders in the community, the ones that generally log on to this are fiercely protective of their people. And we love that about them. Uh, Patty, you definitely come to mind. Susie, I see you nodding. We haven't heard from you tonight. We're running out of time. What do you want to share with the group tonight? I mean, I've just been getting feisty over here. And and Kara, you, 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 you dropped the F-bomb on me. What? Anyway, I just honestly, like, I love what Kara said. All of this. I've been thinking a lot about lately the the view the view and the judgment based on somebody's appearance and not spending time with that person, not spending time in their shoes to understand what their circumstances are. You don't know what somebody has in addition to lipedema, for example. And we didn't even know that Ehlers-Danlos affected um, our ability to handle um, any kind of medication uh, intravenous until we found out. So for me, you know, I had surgeries and I felt them all. And I was like, this is weird. Why do I feel them? And well, I have Ehlers-Danlos. Okay. But there's so many different things and we're still learning on this ultrasound mm -hmm. thing. I mean, I have Lyme, I have chronic Lyme and they just released a, a, a thing specifically related to high frequency ultrasound in addressing um, Lyme. Uh, bacteria as well. And I was like, wait a minute. Wow. Same technology, but like totally different condition. Anyway, I'm kind of fascinated by that and I'm mm -hmm. digging deep into all of them, but yeah. Mm. Friendship. Yes. So, so good. Brenda. Thanks we, for keeping you know, us on We that. always kid. You never know when an F-bomb might get dropped, but tonight's F-bomb mm. is friendship. Friendship. Mm -hmm. friendship. We you know, we lean on each other and it's a privilege and it's a joy. This group has taught me what it means to be the V word, vulnerable and open with each other. I want to thank the beautiful open hearts. I know you all are so bad. When I said the V word, I know what you were all thinking. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. When do, I tell, when do I tell your preacher what you were thinking there, Angelique? I mm. mean, come on. All right. So we're going to close out. I want to hear in chat what everybody's thankful for this year. And I'm going to do a quick round table. Linda Ann, what are you thankful for? Thankful for my mother. She's going to be 99 next week. Oh, mm. God. 
Yes. Or, oh, mama, mm. 99 years old. That's amazing. Susie, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for you guys, for the community, for the backup, for the support, knowing that you're not alone. Mm. So true. April, what are you thankful for? Um, I am thankful that I have come to a point in my life where I don't worry so much about what other people think and mm -hmm. that I'm super comfortable advocating for me and for other people mm -hmm. and um, just feeling very, uh, I'm in my feisty, sassy area uh, mm -hmm. era. Of it's life. a good one. Yes. Spicy, sassy. That is good. Caring less about what people think. I love that. Patty, what are you thankful for? Yeah, I'm right there with April. I'm giving zero F-bombs lately. So, uh, Yeah, it's true. Because you can spend a lot of energy defending something that you don't even need to. Who gives a darn what anybody thinks about what you're eating? It's none of their business. What other people think about me is none of my business. I'm not interested but I know easier said than done. Jenny, what are you thankful for? I'm at thankful that I got a diagnosis at age 59 four years ago because it brought me to this world and to this group of people. And otherwise I never would have tripped across you all. And it's yeah. made such a huge difference in my life. So I'm thankful that I was able to get the diagnosis. Tara, you're thankful for... So I'm thankful for friends that are really quiet, but then randomly pop up with a gem. I had a friend from my comedy days that saw my article and Us Weekly reach out and she had screenshotted it and circled the header where it said, she said, my favorite part of the whole article is that it's labeled under celebrity body. And she was like, that body should be considered something that's a celebrity standard and not just like the stick figures for social media. And so that was like a neat, cause like I didn't even catch that like when I saw yeah. it. So I thought that was like a really neat like viewpoint that somebody else saw that like they're now seeing this plus size, you know, 62 inch hips are still, there and it's be considered a celebrity body so i thought that was like a neat kind of perspective mm -hmm. thank you i love that perspective that is so good mm -hmm. angelique i don't think i got to you and you have usually a wonderful final word oh goodness i hate to piggyback off of Susie and kara but after the year i have had mm. and if you ever even got a moment to hug these ladies that are on your screen you'll understand what I mean like when I say that I am truly thankful for this round table like when I'm saying like I've been in dark eras and this round table has been the only thing that has pulled me out um, it's been the only thing that has kept me going. At some points, it's been the only information that I got about lipedema in the whole month because I just did not have the mind capacity to tackle it. But one thing that I had the mind capacity to do was be loved on by you guys. <laughs> that is the best. Always. And when you don't have the capacity for anything, let love in. That's a great way to close tonight. Thank you all for Friendsgiving. We are thankful for you. Thank you for giving us your time, your comments, your energy, your chat.
your kindness, your vulnerability, the list goes on. We'll see you again next month. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you.